This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Lift up your hands and just bless His name. Father, we thank You. We worship You. Thank You for another opportunity to be together again receiving from your word. We ask, Father, by the power of the Holy Spirit that you open our eyes of understanding and that you minister to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Wherever you are watching us from, this, this is, is Messy Moments from Household of David Church. And I'm Shalosh sure Mackey. I welcome you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Yeah. yeah. Invite, Invite somebody to join us this morning. morning. Let's, Let's read something, something from God's word from the book of Philemon. Philemon has just one chapter, and then I'm going to read verse 6. Remember, last on Wednesday, we started talking about our foundation, the believer's foundation. And we started talking about the fact that uh, the foundation is the most important part of a building, of course, and that it is important that we understand what Christianity is. If you don't, about two weeks ago, I spoke about prophecy, prophets. If you don't, you are going to get into trouble. And listen to me. There are many people who, are, who go to church nowadays and they don't really understand the essence of Christianity. Let's read something from Philemon chapter 1 verse 6. The Bible says understand that the, the communication of, of thy faith Let's read something from Philemon chapter might one become verse effectual by the, the acknowledging of every of good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. By the, that acknowledging. What does that mean? The communication of your faith, the expression of your faith, will become very effectual, very powerful, very strong when you acknowledge the good things that are in you in Christ Jesus. So there are good things that are in you. There are good things that are in you. And when you are conscious of those good things, you are going to have a very productive Christian life. What I'm going to share this morning we have to do with fruitfulness, a believer being fruitful, and to try to explain why so many Christians are not, are not productive, in, especially in the things of the Spirit. Let me read something before we go on, and I want us to get this. See, there are dimensions, there are levels of understanding of the things of the Spirit. For instance, in Genesis chapter 28, Jacob was blessed by his father. Let's read. And this will bless somebody. Hallelujah. You cannot... Okay. The Bible says, uh, verse 10, And Jacob went, at Genesis 28, 10, from pillow to pillar. I, I preached a message many years ago on that. From pillow to pillar. Jacob got to a place. Of course, he got to Bethel. Or where he named Bethel eventually. He saw, he was tired and he saw the stones. He took a stone and he put it up as a pillow. I don't know why a man will use a stone as a pillow. But then, when he slept, he had an encounter with God. And when he woke up, he turned the stone, the pillow that he put his head on, to a pillar he bowed to. This represents certain truths in the spirits. Jesus Christ can be a pillow to you or he can be a pillar to you. When you know him just as a savior, the one who is to supply your needs, he is like a pillow to you that you put your head on. 
But when you know him as you should, when you know him as Lord beyond being the Savior, it becomes a pillar that you bow to. Hey, hallelujah. Then you don't tell God what you want him to do. He tells you what he wants you to do. You move from pillar to pillar. You don't put your, you see, of course you still rest in him. But it's not all about you rest there, uh, using Jesus to meet your need. Now it's about the master using you. It's about you following his commands. And every Christian must move to that level. Where you know him not only as a savior but as lord of all. They want to be obeyed. They want to be followed. So the Bible says that the communication of your Christian life will become effectual when you acknowledge. Please pay attention this morning. How to live a productive Christian life. How not to be barren as a Christian in our spiritual knowledge. Being fruitful in every fruit of righteousness. Bearing the fruit of righteousness. So that's what the Bible says. Now I want to read. That the communication of your faith. First, Second Peter chapter 1. This is something that everyone should pay attention to. Hallelujah. Everywhere you are as a believer, your life will be a blessing to people. Your life will reveal Jesus Christ. That is the foundation of our Christianity. Not to get our needs met. It's okay. We will go. We always do that. But we must understand what this thing is all about. And in the way, we are going to read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. The beginning of Christian. Also, let's read. The Bible says, 2 Peter chapter 1. And beside this, verse 5. Giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. If these things be in you and abound. Hey, you are watching me this morning. Pay attention. We'll get to a point where you will understand how to overcome and live above flaws in your life. Live above, especially addictions, wrong habits. You know, so many Christians are still in the web of all these things. And we we'll get anywhere. And these things are beclouding the expression of their Christianity. So the Bible says, if these things, this is a strong word, verse 8, if these things be in you and abound, they shall make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at it again. The word of God is saying that there are certain things that when they are in you, it is impossible to be barren. It is impossible to be unfruitful in the knowledge of Christ. So there are things that I can know and never be barren. Yes, that's what the Bible says. There are things that I can know and I will never be unfruitful. I will always be fruitful. Yes, that's what the Bible is saying. And the list is there. He said, add unto, let's go again. Verse 5, beside this, giving all diligence to your faith, Add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, which is self-control. Now, that's very important. There is a reason why the Bible, as soon as the Bible talks about knowledge, it says self-control. Any knowledge that is not rooted in self-control is a false knowledge. And there are so many of such on Facebook nowadays. Somebody reads something, it jumps to the Facebook to attack every other person, and to say that this is doctrine. Now, listen. 
knowledge must be coupled with self-control because knowledge pops up and love edifies. Now, the Bible says that these are about six or seven things that when they are in you, let's read again. Number one, it says, add to your faith, virtue. So you have faith, you add virtue to your faith, you have to virtue, knowledge. You have to knowledge, temperance. You have to temperance, patience. You have to patience, godliness. And you have to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. Apart from faith, seven things in all. To be added to your faith, charity. He said, if these things are in you, you are going to be fruitful. In the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, how does this work? Oh, thank you, Father. Galatians chapter 5. Remember, this is a Bible study. Galatians 5. Praise the Lord. Verse 22. The Bible says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Now, but I want to start from verse 16. So, verse 22 says, The fruit of the Spirit is. But verse 16 says, This then I say, Walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. While I was praying, somehow my heart was being directed to uh, the fact that many people, hey, please hear this, are born again. But there are still so many expressions of their past life at work in them. Yet they know that the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, that is what we seek to look at. It's a new creation. All things are passed away. All things are new. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If any man be in Christ, it's a new creation. All things are passed away. All things are new. But many people are in Christ. And the masturbation is still there. The bitterness is still there. Oh, I've met Christians who tell us, Oh, they who tell lies like <laughs> these things are still there. The anger is still there. I've met Christians who gossip more than those who don't know Christ. Self, these things are still there, and you know this is the funny thing: people graduate in their responsibility in the church without these things changing, and some have learned to live with them, and some have even brought out a doctrine that it does not matter. Just don't worry about it. That's not what the Bible says. It is true that God does not condemn his people. But he has provided a way. You cannot be an effective Christian when your life is still wrapped up with all kinds of dirty stuff. It's not possible. But I know once a person is born again, no born again Christian is happy with any sinful conduct or any acts or any of, any of such things. Being given to anger, lying, and all those things. So, but people are in need and they don't know how to come out. When we were in school, I started noticing some people trying to fabricate just an excuse to let it be. You see, God is not looking at that. It does not matter. Really. But I'm just saying, there is a way out in the word of God. Are you listening to me today? You even hear words like, <laughs> that just me, I'm not patient. I, I, I didn't want to say those things, but I just couldn't control myself. But the Bible says you have self-control as one of the fruits of the Spirit. 
So if any man is in Christ, it's a new creation. All things are passed away. What is the meaning of this? This is the foundation. This is the word for, on which Christianity is built upon. If any man be in Christ, all things are passed away. You are a new creation. Your spirit is recreated. Now you are born again. Remember, it's a spiritual experience. Once you say, Lord Jesus, with your mouth to confess him and with your heart to believe unto righteousness, then you are in Christ by identifying through your confession with what he has provided. He has once and for all dealt with sin at his own level, in his own way. He has paid. Now, when it is acknowledged, righteousness is imparted to you. you that now you are born again. Now you are a believer. All things are passing. But remember, all things are passing. It does not mean that as soon as you are born again, you don't remember your father or your mother anymore. All things are new. What's the Bible talking about? In your spirit. So you still recognize your mom. You still recognize your dad. You still recognize your favorite food might still be your favorite food. But you see, this is what you need to know. And that's what I want to talk about. It's a theme of today. Conscious, being, being, uh, being conscious of what has happened. Now, when the Bible says, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What's the meaning of that? What people try to do is they want to not fulfill the lust of the flesh. They want to overcome the flesh so that they can walk in the spirit. They have reversed the order. The Bible says that walk in the spirit. It's a command. It's an instruction. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So once you have chosen to walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. How do you do this? And that is what I want to talk about this morning. So, all things are passed away. All things are new. But I still recognize, I still, oh, some desires, they were there before. Now that I'm born again, are still there. That's the experience of many people. So then the question comes, so what has passed away? When I see that lady, I still want to go after her. I still feel like going back to the joints I was drinking. Now, there are two ways which people have approached this in the church of Christ. Some have gone by the way of rules and regulations. Don't wear this, don't wear that, don't dress. They have laid down rules. But Colossians 2 says something about those rules. Let's read. These two methods are two extremes. Oh, blessed, Papa Egi will say that blessed are the balance for they will outlive everybody. So on one side, you have those who try to use laws. Don't even use body spray so that you look plain and you are not tempted. But there is an answer. There is a, the word of God shows you the end of such things. And then there is the other school that is emerging right now. They've been around. Actually, every 30 years, this doctrine comes out. And then the truth will push it back. Then it will come out again. So there is the other side who are saying that nothing matters. A Christian can't be wrong before God. It doesn't matter what you do. And they say that Pauline revelation is the revelation in the, is the correct Bible. How foolish can people be? Somebody that I've spoken with, if I, I've always started with the same Paul with them. You can't adjust the word of God. You can only adjust your life to fit into the word of God. So some bring out so many rules to straighten themselves. But that's not the way of the Spirit. 
Others totally cast off everything and say, you see, we are just as we are. We are fine. It doesn't matter. There's nothing that I can do that can ever matter. God, <laughs> neither of them is correct. Let's look at the word of God. So let's look at the answer to the first one. When you want to go by rules, Colossians 2 says something to you. And those in the second school I mentioned, they, they like Colossians 2 so much. But they have forgot that there is Colossians 3. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. They love Colossians. Oh, I mean, I mean, wait, wait, they will quote it. Now the Bible says, let's start from verse 16. Let no man, hey, therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect to a holy day or new moon or Sabbath days. Maybe I should say this straight away. I know many people will listen to me. If you are just the type that you read one man's book, listen to one man's book, and think that is all that Christianity is all about, you're already deceived. Just understand that. The Bible is the only book you can read and not be deceived. When you learn from other men, judge it by the word of God, and listen to other people so and judge it by the word of God. But when you line up behind a man, this is how error begins. And believe all he says is the only thing. And get angry when others talk. He has told you, oh, grace covers this. And then somebody, says, somebody else tells you, but you get angry. No, no, no. They are teachers of the law. Nonsense. I'm telling you that pay attention. That's not correct. So, now, look at this. Amen. Let no man. So, verse 16. Let no man therefore judge you in meat and drink. Yes, verse 17. Which are shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. Let no man beguile you through the reward in voluntary humility, worshipping of angels, intruding to those things which he had not seen, vainly pop up with flesh and mind, fleshy mind, and not holding the head from which all things are. Now verse 20, wherefore, if you be dead with Christ from the rudiments of this world, why as though living in the world, why are you subject to ordinances? Touch not, taste not. Somebody brought this to me one day to say that that means we can taste anything, touch anything, do anything. He said, that's what the Bible is saying. This is talking about those who want to go by rules. The Bible says, touch, touch not, taste not, which are all to perish with using. They are after the commandments of men and doctrines of men. Verse 23, which have indeed a show of wisdom. Those laws, oh, cover your this one, cover your head, don't do this one. Those laws, oh, don't, don't, don't look good, don't wear this, don't do those laws. When you give yourself rules, and we even look back when they, they get <laughs> those laws, the Bible said they have an appearance of wisdom, they indeed show wisdom in we worship. And humility, neglecting the body, not honoring the body. He said, but in any way, it does not actually, that's what he's saying, deal with the flesh. It has an appearance of what is right. But it does not overcome the problems of the flesh. Now, I will say that. Look at verse chapter 3. Remember, the Bible was not originally written in chapters and verses. These are letters by the spirits. The Bible says, If ye then be risen in Christ, 
Seek those things where Christ, that are above, where Christ is seated. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. For you are dead and your life is seen in Christ Jesus. When Christ manifests, who is alive? Now, verse 5. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. What is the Bible saying? The Bible is saying that the journey is certain. The way to the journey is not the law. The way to the journey is not to deny and say it doesn't matter. The way to the journey is to go by how the Spirit says you should deal with the flesh. What does the Bible say? It said, number one, acknowledge that you are in Christ and that you are seated with Him. As a result of your understanding the fact that you are in Christ, mortify the deeds of the flesh. Meaning that once you are born again and you have received eternal life, there is an internal energy. There is a spiritual life in you that is capable of shutting down all the activities of the flesh. I tell you, it is true. You have the ability. Use it. That's what the Bible is saying. He said, I haven't realized that you are seated with Christ. Set your affection. So I want to talk about consciousness now. Set your affection on the things above. And because you have set your affection on the things above, begin to mortify the deeds of the flesh. And the Bible mentions them. Fornication, adultery. The Bible didn't say live with them and say they don't matter. The Bible says that mortify them. That means kill them. Why? You are in Christ and you have understanding that you are in Christ. That understanding empowers you to know that you have the ability to begin to mortify the deeds of the flesh. That's what the Bible says. Romans 8 talks about the same thing also. That if you by spirits put to death the deeds of the flesh. Again, that means by the spirits we can put to death the deeds of the flesh. Recognizing that I'm in Christ Jesus right now. Then I can say no to masturbation. Recognizing that I'm in Christ Jesus now. Remember, the Bible said the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, self-control. Not the fruits. And this is not Holy Spirit. This is the fruit of human spirit. That means anybody that is born again, these fruits are inside you. Love is inside you. Patience is inside you. Self-control. So when you say... Uh, when you want to go somewhere that you know your spirit that you ought not to go, the Bible is telling you that you have self-control inside you. You can say no. Every Christian has ability to turn down any bribe given to you. Self-control. So it is not true for a new creation man to say, I just couldn't control myself. No. Even if you are giving out prophecy, I just had to say that word. No, 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 no. The Bible said the spirit of prophet is subject to a prophet. The spirit of prophet is subject to a prophet. You have self-control. And I'm going to show you how to... See, but the first thing that the Bible is saying is that reckon that these things are true and they are inside you. And live from it. That is the meaning of walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit does not mean go to the spirit and start walking there. Walk in the spirit means that yield. Be conscious of the things of the spirit. As soon as you are born again, all these things, the fruit of the spirits, all the uh, things attribute, all the things attached to the finished works of Christ, they are real in your spirits. They are so real. But then remember, all things are passed away. You have become a new man in Christ inside you. But physically, all things are still the same. Your house is still the same. 
Now, it's going to become a battle of either to be conscious of the new things going on inside you or be conscious of the old things. So the Bible says, if you are carnally minded, you shall die. If you are said to be carnally minded, it's death. To be spiritually minded, it's life and peace. Romans 8. When you are conscious of that, when you are conscious of that, you will mortify this one. So the most important thing, hey, pay attention. This is where, again, thank you, Lord Jesus. See, the most important thing when it comes to our faith, one of the things believers must be trained to do is to be conscious of the things of the Spirit. To pay attention. It's like walking out of one room and looking at another room. To pay attention. The more you are conscious of the things of the Spirit, the more you find the expressions in your life. The more you are conscious. This is why things like Bible study, prayer, they are very important. Because they focus your attention and your consciousness on things that really matter. And this is why, the Bible says, guide your heart with all diligence. For out of it, they flow the issues of life. Guide your heart with all diligence. So, the things you listen to, they fuel your consciousness in either realms. Yes. There's no way a believer spends time watching pornography stuff. The Bible says that if you sow unto the flesh, you shall of the flesh reap corruption. So even though you are a new creation man, you are, you are doing things that are focusing your consciousness on the things of this world. That's the direction your life will be going. But you can also choose to pay attention to the word of God, to prayer, to fellowshiping with other brethren, so that you are conscious. Remember, praying, uh, fellowship with other brethren, are not creating that reality in you. It has been created once you gave your life to Christ. But those things will enable you to be conscious of them. Hallelujah. I have ministered to people who walk up to me and said, I've been struggling with pornography. A few times, led by the Spirit to just pray outrightly. Many times when praying for the song, we start shaking as if something coming out of them. But some other people are just giving them the word of God to just tell them that, see, you have authority over this thing. But for all of them, when you question and you talk with them, there are things they watch, there are things they expose themselves to. And I said, look, even if I pray for you, this thing will leave you. If you pray by yourself, this thing will leave you. But if you go back to those things, these things will come back. You are feeding it. Your consciousness is towards that thing. Hallelujah. You see, I think I should say this to everybody watching. Um, when it comes to the things of the spirit, atmosphere is very important. It's true. It's like when you watch your TV, there are channels, super sports where they show football. There are channels where they show movies. There are channels where they show documentary. All these programs are going on at the same time. But you have opportunity of watching. Nowadays, there are technology that you can watch one or two, maybe two together. But you cannot watch all channels together. Remember what I said, consciousness, focus. There is an atmosphere where the voice of God is very real. Where the power of God is very real. In the Old Testament, now listen to this. The presence of God was in a place. 
So God made a garden, he called it Eden. Genesis 2, and he put man there. And every evening he will come down. That was the place of God's connection to the earth, bringing his presence down. When the tabernacle started, God's presence was in the tabernacle. Moses will go there to meet God, and God will speak to him there. Later, when it was the time of David, the presence was in the Ark of Covenants, which Uzziah touched and died. But then they also had a temple where the glory of God was. And God said to Solomon, if my people that are called by my name will pray in this place, this place, I will hear their prayer, this place. That was why Daniel opened his window towards Jerusalem. Why pray? It was connecting to the place that God promised Solomon. All through the Bible, God was a God of a place. Yes. There must be a place. A place must be anointed. And God did that severally. So he anointed the tabernacle. He anointed the different places that he put up. But shortly after that, he decided to move to something greater. So in New Testament, it's no more about a place. It's no more about a place. God has moved from place to a state. From a place to a state. Pay attention. So, different places in Old Testament were anointed as the presence of God. Or as a place for experiencing the presence of God. So, the tabernacle, the Ark of Covenants. Remember the, the where God met with Abraham on the mountain. They said that was the same mountain where when the angel of destruction wanted to destroy Jerusalem. He got there and he saw the God and uh, that was where David went to offer a sacrifice on Mount Moriah. And the plague stopped. Or the angel shielded the sword again. That happened there. Hallelujah. Again, I read, I, I don't know, I've ne really not confirmed. They said that actually Mount Calvary was one of the mountains on Mount Moriah. The same mountain. Maybe the same mountain where God appeared to Abraham. So God was conscious of a place. But then that was Old Testament. Oh, this is wonderful. So now God has moved from a place to a state. So there is no physical place that you need to go to to experience the presence of God again. That does not mean God does not manifest in place. I'm just saying that compulsively, there is no place. Because when Jesus died, God has moved from a place to a state. If any man be, and that state is in Christ. Now, this is what I want to say. You can move to that state every now and then. Meaning that I don't need to go anywhere to experience God. I can experience God where I am. If I change the channel to the channels of God. There's a TV channel called God Channel. Very fantastic. I like that name. So there is a channel I can tune into. How do I do this? That's what Ephesians 5 tells us. Remember, other programs are going on. It is the one you focus your TV on that you watch. This can happen to you also spiritually. I want to show you to understand the importance of atmosphere. And as I begin to close. 
they captured David's wife. You've read it before, 1 Samuel 30 or 31. They captured his children and his entire family. David came back and he wept. Somebody's watching me. Listen, God does not broadcast in every act. He has his own channel. And two things are very important to get to God's channel. I'm going to tell, share with But see, David got there. He cried, but God said nothing. He wept, God said nothing. And then, the men were talking of stoning him. And the Bible says, David encouraged himself in the Lord. We were not told exactly what he did, but I'm sure if you read Psalm, you can have an idea. I believe he began to praise God. And he began to talk of the goodness of God. And he began to magnify the name of the Lord. And he heard the voice of God pursue, overtake. If the atmosphere around is that of bitterness, that of anger, that of resentment, the voice of God is the last thing you hear. You, you, it's not possible. This is very important. If the atmosphere around you is that of joy, that of worship, that of the word of God, from time to time you are speaking the word of God from your mouth, you are full of praise, giving glory to God, and you are praying in the spirit regularly, you create an atmosphere. It becomes very easy to always be on that channel. And when you're on that channel, you are not conscious of the things of the flesh. Then you walk away from the deeds of the flesh. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the way of the Spirit. Wherever you are watching from, right from this moment, you can walk away from any character flaw, can walk away from any weakness of the flesh. You can walk away. Are you bombarded with lust? So difficult for you not to imagine stop seeing opposite sex. Do you find it difficult to stop lying? Are you giving to anger? Or you enjoy blackmailing people, backbiting? No matter what, you must say something negative about somebody every day. And when you are praying, you feel bad. That shows that that is not who you are. You wonder, why do I keep doing this? Words of anger both out of your mouth in no time. You even curse people. Then when you want to pray, you feel bad. Anytime you approach the word of God or you approach, you just want to pray, something inside you feels guilty. Even though God does not rule us by guilt. But your spirit man tells you that no, that you are outside the arena where you ought to be. Then follow what I've just shared today. First of all, recognize that you are in Christ. Believe it and understand that you have been given ability, strength over this. Say to yourself next time, when I get there, my words are controlled because I have self-control. I'm not going to say what I shouldn't say because I have self-control. I'm not going to see that lady or that guy. I have self-control. I can say no. I can say no to pornographic stuff on my phone. I have self-control. I refuse to speak evil of somebody. I have self-control. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What I've just shared with you, 
Some will want to go to look for deliverance or now to be set free from this. You are delivered already in God's word. Just follow the word of God. It's true. You see, there, there's nothing wrong with deliverance, even though it's been taught to something else in our, in, in our time. But I want to say this to you. If somebody deals with a spirit for you, the spirit will come back. If you deal with it yourself, it will never come back. Jesus said, when the unclean spirit goes out of the man, he goes around looking for it is true. And he returned. It's always returned. Hallelujah. This is why people are perpetually in the state of looking for somebody to deliver them. I've just shared with you this morning. But let me also add this in conclusion. If you are not interested in the things of the Spirit, you don't want to pray, you don't want to fellowship, you don't want to do anything, you just want to forget about it. It's true. God is not an object, it's a person. God's kingdom is not an enterprise, it's a family. Yes, God is a person, not a man, but he's a person. He has feelings. He's not ruled by them, but he has feelings. He laughed in the Bible. He got angry in the Bible. It's true. Are you with me? So you should be interested in spiritual things. Any believer that is not ready to develop himself spiritually, along the line of you associating with the church, you are going to fall into deception. And then you get angry and blame church. Whose fault? When we all start working in the spirit, we will stop hurting ourselves as believers. My friend was trying to minister to a lady. And then he was sharing the word. So later, I'm not interested in you sharing the word with me as a pastor. That all you pastors, she's been used by many. And she mentioned names of people who took advantage of her. Sometimes believers just want to, don't want to be in a church. They say something and it becomes the news around the church. That kind of mistake we've all made before. Maybe we've said something about somebody that we should not all have said. But at what time do we walk away from all these things? For how long do people continue to fight in the choir, in this one? It's because we bring our carnality to everything that we do. And it's hurting the body. I know people in the same church. I've seen this when I was in school several times. Members of the same fellowship who would not talk to one. I mean, something happened until date. When you mention the name of the other person, the person will hiss. Maybe if we get there another day, I'll talk about the love of God. These things are hurting the body. Then some people go through some things in the church. They don't want to tell anybody. Because they are afraid that once they do, their information will be out there. When will they stop? Some people will never go visit somebody to pray with them to help them. We visit them to gossip. Now that's what some people are good at doing. Once you see them in your house, it's because there is a news. And it's always a negative news. And they will end it by saying, let's be praying for them. After saying what you wanted to say. You came to say, now you said it, now you are now backing it up by saying, let's pray for them. That's the only time some people get active. 
The only things I will post on Facebook is what is wrong with churches and pastors. They cannot edify anybody, but they enjoy that. Hallelujah. When will this stop? When will there be trust? When will two, two Christians do business together? Oh, how I wish we get to that point. We are not yet there, so don't do it. Don't say to a Christian that say we are believers, so there is no need for signing an agreement. Ah, yeah. You know, you know as much as I do. But when do we get there? When the old world we see that when two Christians go into business, their words are enough. Oh, 40% for 60%, and it will never change. Why are you not signing agreement? We are Christians. Oh, how wonderful. Please hear me. It's, we are not yet there. So don't say, <laughs> I'm saying that's what the pastor said. I wish we were. No, no, I'm not saying that. Not yet. But I'm praying that we get to that point. Where if you say something as a Christian, people can take you to the back. I mean, they can depend on it. Is this not what the Lord has transformed us into? Where our words don't fail and don't fall. Where we never promise what we can never deliver. When they hire a Christian to clean something, the law of diligence is at work. They are too sure. You do the job. When a Christian is never late for a meeting, when these beautiful things we've read in the Word of God, when they become the realities of our lives, when marriages of believers are great examples to the entire world, when we are not the ones they are coming to settle our fights, when a man can leave his phone and his wife can check if he, can, if he wants to, when there's no argument, when you become a mentor to your children, when they want to be like their father, when every word you have ever spoken in your home stands, when they see how much you love their mom and they want to de demonstrate the same thing, when your son cannot insult a lady outside, because you have taught him how to be a gentleman, how to be a Christian beyond a gentleman. When we see all these things, oh, evangelism will be awesome. The testimony of the church will be awesome. This is what the Lord is calling us to. Too many breakups in the church, too many fights, too many things. I say this with regret, even among pastors. Too many territorialism, hunger, backbiting you know now that because there is pandemic i saw so about stylishly trying to say okay i saw somebody say that yeah god even say we should build churches or any building we should be in because for years maybe he's been leading five to ten people now he's happy that he's the only one that can continue to do his service in his house without any should a christian rejoice i mean oh god i see things and i just be like oh my god once you are ambitious you can be used for God by God for something substantial, something significant. Ambition and the Spirit of God, they don't get along. It's against the cross. It's the opposite of the cross. The cross is about selflessness. This message this morning just came to help people to take a stand and know that they are empowered from within. There is an anointing in you. All the fruits of the Spirit are there. They are there. See, your phone can have can have 70 it, it can have 70 features and you might not use them all you do is just you make a call and you receive sms 
most of our parents, that's what they do with their phone. Many parents at times don't have time to do all those uh, other things that we do on phone. They just receive SMS and then they make a call and they are fine. So your phone can be the best phone, can do 150 things, other functions, but you are using just two. It's true. So the same thing, your spirit man is, is endowed, but you are not making use of all those things. What are the features of your human spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, self-control, gentleness. They are there. Goodness. I know I'm not a good person. No, it's not true. You are a good person. Goodness is in you. You are a good person. Love is in you. You are a good person. Is someone blessed this morning? Father, we thank you. Lift up your hands and just give God praise. Declare with your mouth, I have love, joy, peace. Patience, self-control. If there's a dark cloud around you, tell yourself, I have the joy of the Lord. I can't be depressed. So atmosphere shifts. I have the joy of the Lord. Oh, thank you, Father. Blessed be your name. We give you praise. We honor you. We adore you. We honor you. We praise your name. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you, are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior, and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. God bless you.